busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I don't know if you noticed or not lately, but doesn't it seem like people are just extremely fickle? Like you kind of don't know what to expect in someone's approaches or moves from time to time. And I'm not saying anyone who's just outrageously like, bruh, you need medications. But just on a like, dang, I thought... <laughs> I thought people would respond a certain way. Maybe it's your expectations, who knows? Or maybe it's just the fact that you truly are one of the few people who treat people the way that you want to be treated. But have you ever sat back and just really was like, you know what? It makes no sense for me to put any emotion into what someone is feeling or doing when it pertains to my life. Because honestly, if I am living to go ahead and try to please everyone, I am going to fail miserably. And I think prior to being a big adult, you know, big boy and girl, I think we realized that. But I don't think we really paid it, pay attention to how fickle people really are. I was looking at, uh, you know, I like to go on YouTube and the web some, from time to time. And I follow someone named, you should know him, but if not, I'm going to go ahead and introduce you to somebody's new grandbaby, Kev on stage. Love, love, love what he stands for. Love what he and his wife are doing. Big fans, like big, big. Put him right underneath Beyonce. I, you know, just you know, somewhere close in that vicinity, and it's definitely what it is. And I've seen him from time to time. But I, let's talk about this. But I found this particular video with him and um, one of his podcasts. What is it? Oh, here's the thing is what it's called with him and that chick Angel, and he was indicating how. People really expect so much of him and they are so harsh on him because the Christian community really amped him because he does clean comedy. But even when he was doing just purely clean comedy for the church, Christians were like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be doing that because you're making fun of the things of the spirit, whatever the case may be. Clean, not cursing, nothing, just really poking fun at some of the things that we could relate to when it comes to, you know, church stuff. Like, you know, the the speaking in tongues and what that sounds like at certain times. And it's like, you know, I want a Honda, Honda Accord kind of, you know, just stuff that you can be like, you know what, low key, that is funny. I never wanted to say it out loud, but that is hilarious kind of thing, right? And then when he started to have other podcasts or either other stand-up comedians come in on one of his shows and platforms, those people didn't keep the same standard. You know, sometimes there would be, I literally heard him say on one of his podcasts called Ask A, where he asks different people from their per particular profession. So he'll ask a pilot or he'll ask a female DJ, just several questions that we always wanted to know and just getting good information out of them. But one guy, I heard him say, hey, we don't curse on here. And as he continued to speak, that guy was like, sailor, <laughs> sir, I'm about to show you that I am born in the boat. Okay, great. The sailor is he and he is the sailor. Okay, great. And I was cringing because I'm like, I know that Kev told him there's no cursing on there. But then on his recent platforms, he's been saying that people have been asking him, like, you know, you're starting to get more notoriety and, you know, brand deals and things of that nature. What are you going to do if possibly you get a role or some type of, I don't, exposure of some sort, and they ask you the curse? 
And so he was like, you know what? I haven't really thought about that. But the fact that y'all give me such pressures, that is something that I think about often. I just haven't thought it through to see how I would respond. And he came up with a conclusion that he would just go ahead and make sure that he gave people the trailer, a preview for what he's about to do, pretty much give them some upfront information so that they can decide if they want to support that particular film, venue, show, what have you, right? And I remember just thinking to myself, I was like, man... That's a lot of work to put in for people who are fickle. <laughs> that's a lot of, uh, you know, that's, that's, it's, mm, it's extra. Noble is the word I want to use. You know, shouts out to you and the integrity thereof. And you wanted to make sure that people don't feel bamboozled when they, once they sit down and watch something, you know. But I think that that's a lot for people who are so fickle. And before I get into what I really want to digest in this and just kind of like tear back and let's get to the heart of the matter is let's just define fickle. Let's just start there, right? So the new Oxford American Dictionary, some people over there, they define fickle as changing frequently, especially as regards one's loyalties, interests, or affection. You heard that? Let's do it again. So define fickle. Okay, uh, changing frequently, especially as regards one's loyalties, interest, or affection. You, you ever had somebody who was fickle with you when it came to their loyalty, their interest, or their affection? You ever had a boss that you felt like, bro, I would have rode to, with you for the to the very end, but the way that you just handled that matter with management and kind of threw me under that bus real quick. Yeah, I'll be putting my two weeks in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you not about to do me crazy like that. You ever had a relationship that you were like, whoa, um, remember when you asked to date me exclusively? So why you not being exclusive too? Like what happened? No, no, no. I, I take social media very seriously. This flirting is um cheating to me. I don't understand what's going on there. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Or you just happen to don't be around a toddler. Yeah, that baby that wanted to hug on you and kiss you, let something come on that TV that is popping at that particular time. Excuse you. Okay, great. This hug session, this cuddle, this wanting to, it's done. Okay? Don't let them become a teenager. <laughs> you who, ma'am? You who, sir? No, literally, not the chocolate drink. You, Y-O-U, who, W-H-L. I'm out with these friends. <laughs> It's your birthday, so what? It's a special day for you, and I'd rather stay home and play this uh game with my friends. I'd rather go over to this venture with my friends. You are not my friends, so they're you who, sir, ma'am. Okay, great. But I think at one point or another, we all, we all experience that in our personal lives, right? But I wanted to pull from places that you know I like to pull from. You know your girl. You know your girl, but we're going to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to pull from the archives, something that I found that I was like, you know what? I bet people don't even realize this. Do you remember Susan Boyle from Brits, uh, Brits Got Talent 2009? Like America's Got ta Talent, but the, the over there with the, hello, you know, the, I wanted to do the accent, but I didn't want to tear it up. But the Brits, yeah, so wow. Do you remember how they treated her? On the stage, no, okay. Uh, I'm 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 gonna play it. Okay, great, because you know you know I'm gonna ask you something and then, and then go ahead and put a, serve you real quick, and we're gonna eat it and digest it together. Okay, I want you to just when I play this, I want you to stand in the seat that Susan could have possibly been experiencing. Like I want you to really like hone in on what you would have felt 
to your core, not not the part of you that tries to, I don't care. No, like to your core. How would you have felt? Mind you, this is uh, being filmed, televised, okay? Even if you weren't in the Brits local whatever network, this is on YouTube. YouTube is accessible to um, everybody, E all the above, okay? And so really put into your... <laughs> Your, your sensitivity, your emotional realm, what this woman could have possibly been feeling. You ready? Okay, because when we come back, I want you to, I'm going to talk to you as if we were her. Okay, let's just go. Hi, what's your name, darling? My name is Susan Boyle. Okay, uh, Susan, and where are you from? I am from Blackburn near Bathgate, West Lothian. It's a big town. It's a sort of collection of, it's a collection of uh, villages. I to think there. And how old are you, Susan? I am 47. <laughs> and that's just one side of me. <laughs> okay, what's the dream? I, I'm trying to be a professional singer. And why hasn't it worked out so far, Susan? I've never been given the chance before, but he's hoping it'll change. OK, and who would you like to be as successful as? Elaine Page. Elaine Page. Like what are you going to sing tonight? I'm going to sing I Dreamed a Dream from the Miserables. OK. Big song. <laughs> yeah? Yes. Can miss me. <laughs> That's what I would have said if y'all was Susan. <laughs> I would have hit them with the Mike Jones. Now I'm hot. Back then, y'all ain't want me. Now I'm hot. Y'all bomb me. You know what this woman went went ahead and did? But she broke all kind of records. Susan was everywhere. Okay, I mean Su Susan was a household name. You understand? Like, the, the endorsement she got after this, the deal she got after this. Like, I didn't go ahead and follow everything, but I knew that Susan was in the, she was on People Magazine. I mean, making it happen. Did you see how fickle that crowd was, Real Talk? Okay, because you heard the, the, the audio, I'm going to give you the visual. Susan is not, um, how do you say we going to, you know, she had a peculiar look, you know. Um, she had the real... She she was given very misdoubtfire, you know, just very like that's the haircut, that's the dress. You knew this was going to be televised, right? Okay, Kitten Hill, like very much Mrs. Doubtfire, and that's fine. That's somebody's grandbaby, and I'm sure Susan has grandbabies. She did. She looked a hard um, forty-seven, like that forty-seven. Um, 
look like that's the number she got after getting the prime number of her real age. But let's just fast forward because here we don't gossip about nobody's grandbaby, right? We don't do that. So Susan very much in, in all of her Susanness, right? As she's walking on the stage, the crowd is already like, <laughs> like if you could see the expressions, like, I'm sorry, ma'am, were you looking for bingo night? It's over there. No, because I don't know if you knew you walked on stage to actually, you have a talent. Oh, okay. And for them to ask her things like, what's your name? And she could, she got through that flying colors. Okay, so you studied, you passed that. And then it was, well, where are you from? It, it was a little bit, the reason why I feel she stumbled on that, like, it's the, um, uh, I had to think for a bit. Like, the reason why it was that level of intensity was because literally, now we hear it from, okay, it's a recorded, but we all know the concert is way louder when you're in the arena, right? We just get the volume down, kind of, this is what television and whatever airways wants to go ahead and project that volume at. So for her to stumble where you live, (laughs) did you just move there? I don't really, like, that shouldn't have been hard. But that was literally what I feel, her soaking up the energy of that crowd. And then she had to, you ask her another question that every woman kind of, like, feels some kind of way. Because our grandmothers told, don't you ever tell nobody your age. Keep them guessing. Have a nice day. So you ask this woman her age. You She says 47, but the faces that y'all made was like, bruh. No, you 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 forgot to times that by two. Like I don't like really, and so she had to make it, you know, humorous. Like, and that's just one side of me. Like, oh, you really was feeling some kind of way. Like you you tried to do the like, I know y'all laughing at me, but I want y'all to laugh with me kind of thing. Like, oh, that was some kind of way. And then the fact that they ask you another question that affects ego and everything else that could have been confidence. Well, you want to be a single? Why hasn't it happened yet? Well, that, that's that's why I'm here. <laughs> I can't imagine the deodorant that she used. God bless her. She need to get an ad deal from that because her deodorant held up kind of strong because mine would have failed. I ain't going to hold you. And then the whole time while she's saying what she was going to do and sing and this, like they're panning out to the audience and people are giving the like Elvis lip, like, mm, I don't really, and kind of looking like, <laughs> so <clears throat> on three, y'all ready to, uh, y'all ready to boo? Like we at the Apollo in New York? Me, me, me. Practice it. Boo. I think we should hold the fourth O. Like, I really feel like that's what they were doing. Like, let's conjure up this boo real quick because this is going to be a one and done. She's out of here. But as soon as that woman was able to go ahead and stand firm and execute in her talent and the gift that God gave her, the crowd had no choice. The panel had no choice. Those judges had no choice. Even the host had no choice but to go ahead and recognize, oh, my gosh, I was wrong. The fact that it was like, oh, she couldn't even sing. Did you hear it? She couldn't even sing a full sentence or two without them raving like she was done. Ah, how fickle people are. And then here we are walking around trying to either consciously or unconsciously gain the favor of people. You're not going to ever gain anything completely from a person. And let me explain something to you. If you have to always perform and show people what you really, really, really are offering them in order to get them to side with you and say, yeah, you know what, now I get it, then you already lost. Because people are going to treat you the way that those judges treated Susan. They're going to look at your appearance and automatically have some type, type of something to say about you. 
you either to this or you not much of that. Because off appearance alone, people already feel like they know you. I don't know why people are so ignorant to believe that. But, okay, they did the same thing with Jesus. <laughs> John looked at him and was like, um, so are you the Messiah? Or should I be waiting on somebody else? Because I'm sure he looked at him from top to bottom and was like, I expected for him to come a little bit more pristine. You know, maybe some Jordans. I don't know. Maybe some Gucci flip-flops. Um, Not really sure what that is. Is that a Gucci belt? It's not. You look like you've been, you had a, how long have you been journeying? Because you're, um, your robe is a little dingy, like I don't really. And so people are always going to look at appearance and automatically have what they deem for you to be. Do you understand that? The fact that they looked at her age and automatically looked at it like, mm, you don't really look your age. And People are always going to have something to say about age, right? You either don't look it, you look too much over it. It's like nobody's ever going to go, oh, you look amazing. Like that's just not people's comfort zone. People's comfort zone and thermometer is set on judge thee. That's just what it is and it feels like. And then for to it be asked, how come you want to sing, but how come it hasn't happened yet? You ever had that happen at a family barbecue? You ain't married yet? So what you what you working? What you doing? Are you are you still there? <laughs> are you like people feel like your life should have a consistent resume of just successes that blow them away? Why? I'm not performing for you, bruh. And if I'm at an entry level job, if I'm dating a little outside of my age range, if I'm living a little bit outside of my level of comfort or, you know, because it's either more pristine than what I thought it was going to be. Or maybe I, I downgraded a little bit because it, my downgrade is setting me up from for my upgrade later. Like because I'm not driving what you thought I should drive for my particular, you know, job and professional whatever. Like, why do you feel like you get to look at me, assess me and then you devalue me? I'm sorry. Like when do we when do we get off of that? Oh, you a blank driving that? You're a lawyer driving that? Oh, you work at? Oh yeah, you're supposed to drive that because you're just a. Oh, uh, is that is that what y'all? Oh, so y'all was just gonna go ahead and just put a stick on me and put me at whatever value you put and expect it for me to live my life like that? Like just because you took off, you know, whatever percentage or you you downgraded on the particular value because of whatever, like, oh, she got a dent right there. I don't really like that. Oh, no, because that tooth right there. Mm -mm. And like if you was a little bit thicker, if you was just a little bit skinnier, if you was just a little bit taller, if you were just a little bit shorter, you need to be a little bit more hood. I feel like you're a little bit too soft. You, feel, you always going to be a little bit and not enough for somebody who never wanted to accept you anyway. Hmm. Yeah, you didn't want it anyway. I am not a restaurant that you get to come into my place of establishment. I didn't come to you. You came to me, okay, Gray? And you come into my place of establishment, and then you start to go ahead and look at my menu and kind of analyze it. You order it, and then when I serve you the best parts of me, you start to pick at me until I start looking at your plate and realizing that you never wanted all of me anyway. Like, bro, if you just wanted a plain hamburger, you should have went to McDonald's. But now you got something to say about the special sauce we're using and the extra vegetables we put on there that you don't eat and you didn't really like that bread and you felt like, oh, that was too... If, if I was too much, then go where you're familiar. If I was too little, then go ahead and go where you're familiar. But for crying out loud, don't come in my establishment and downgrade me because I already have my value and it doesn't come from people. You feel me? I wanted to give you that. Just so that we can see, because you know I love to pull a good 
even though it was 2009. But listen, you look at life through a lens of you are forever student and you can pull from anywhere, which is why I'm getting ready to pull from the Bible. You know how your girl does. So I was reading, you know, I read in the NLT version. I was reading Acts 28. And this was the part where Saul turned to Paul and they was going ahead and making their way downtown to Rome to go ahead and get him to be tried and true by Caesar, I believe it was. And so they were just like, okay, we got to go ahead and get in this boat. And they had it like a tumultuous experience. The boat was like breaking and all kind of stuff because they did in a route or traveled a route that God didn't confirm, but he had to confirm through Paul, like y'all going to be okay, (laughs) but y'all going to miss out on some stuff because you didn't do it exactly the way that I said it. And so when they finally made it to shore, this is where we're picking up in Acts 28. And again, the NLT version, I'm going to start from the top. Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta too. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. Three, as Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hand. Four, the land of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not prevent him to live. Five, but Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. Six, the people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. <sighs> it don't get no more fickle. If it get any more fickle, it's a pickle. Hmm? Like literally, literally. And, and this is the beauty of judgment. Sometimes you get judged on stuff that wasn't even your fault. Sometimes you get judged on things that you just decided, you know what, I'm just going to muster through this because there's nothing I can do to change it. I'm going to have faith in God. I'm going to go ahead and just make it happen. Like you ever had something happen and somebody already felt like or deemed like "Mm, that's happening because you A, B, and C. Like, yeah, that's why she can't keep a job or that's why he can't keep a woman or that's why every time she she gets something, it gets taken away from her. and And it's people just look at your outcome and not even realize that maybe God is doing that in in your particular life because a he's either trying to sharpen something in you or b he's trying to strengthen the way that people see you like yeah how do you explain that such and such keeps losing whatever tangible item but they are living a better life than you how do you explain the fact that such and such may have air quote lost some stuff but they got more peace than you so why is it that uh, they are continuously getting gains and tangible items or not, or whatever that looks like in their life, but yet God keeps blessing them? You think God's going to keep blessing somebody that um, is not a child of his? Hmm? Yeah, what is it about your way of looking at somebody's aftermath and going, oh, um, that's because, you know, uh, devil indeed, or she in sin, or he ain't living right? And it's like, well, maybe it can be lesson bound. You ever thought about that? And the only thing that debunks what somebody is feeling is that, unfortunately and fortunately, they got to watch you to the end. Because one thing I know about people is that they love a good gossip. Remember that conversation we had about the gossip knife? 
Oh, people will stay tuned just to see the end. People will lose sleep to watch the season finale of their favorite show. People will actually stay up past the bedtime, almost be late to certain things, just to make sure that they got that last little bit of nectar, that last little bit of juice, that last little bit of gossip. So people will stay tuned. Isn't that why in Psalms 23, the Bible says that he sets a table before you in the front of your enemies and that he anoints your head with oil and your cup overflows? Why do you think he set a table? Why didn't you, why wasn't it that God was just like, I'm going to just pull up a chair? No, because people will literally waste their time trying to calculate your time. People will literally be in an uncomfortable place just to see what God's going to do in your life, just to see how the end may or may not end, just to either say, I told you so, or go ahead and do what they do best, which is be fickle. And I love the fact that, it was pointed out to me as I was reading this that this wasn't even Paul's fault, but yet they already deemed him something that he had nothing to do with. Because in verse uh, 3, it literally says, matter of fact, let's go up one more. So he was building a fire, right? But, but let me read the last line. Let me go to 2. So the people of the island were very kind to us. This is Paul's telling us what's going down. It was cold and rainy, so they built the fire on the shore to welcome us. So somebody built a fire. As a, you know, welcome. And I'm sure it was something tropical and beautiful. And they were like, oh, family, what's good? Listen, it's cold. You know, we want to be a good hostess real quick. So let's go ahead and build this fire. Okay, cool. And not being a lazy person or being a leech because only people who keep receiving and do nothing in return, I would like to call them leeches. But that's another conversation for another day. Then verse 3 says, as Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by heat bit him on the hand. So Paul was only only gathering the sticks because the people welcomed him with their fire so what better do you say how you say thank you back to someone is you participate in what they're doing for you like if someone came in your house or came in your car and was like oh I can do that real quick I can you know let me go ahead and get that dinner out your car let me matter of fact you look like you cold let me go ahead and, and knit you a sweater real quick the thing that you should do the thing your grandmother should have taught you is can I get you a water what can I do for you because that's the right thing to do. So here Paul is. He only getting information. Let me go ahead and get these sticks real quick for the fire. Because, um, you know, this is how y'all greeted us. So I don't want to come and just take. I want to participate. Huh? Did you hear that? Okay, well, I, let's just move on. And so at that time, a poisonous snake, not just any snake, <laughs> a poisonous snake, that was driven out by the heat that he did not start, that was a gift to him, bit him on the hand. <laughs> you ever had something that was, a, that was supposed to be um, something good in your life? And then when you indulged in it, you were like, what did I get myself into? You ever felt like that? You ever felt like that relationship was supposed to be different? You ever felt like that job was supposed to go different? You ever felt like that family member was supposed to be on your side? You ever felt like, oh my gosh, I didn't even sign up for this, bruh. Like, honestly, this kind of like just fell on my lap and I just decided, you know, let me just be good hearted. Like, and that that's the time that we usually make up things like, I should have never helped. <laughs> I should have just sat down, said nothing, said thank you and just kept it. And we try to go over it in ourselves what we should have did wrong. But what we're not really accepting and digesting is that there is nothing that you could have done differently. 
Like, yeah, if if the only thing that you can kind of assemble in your mind is what you should have done differently, then you miss the entire the entire lesson. There are too many elements around what occurred for you to just look at what you should have done differently. No, if the people didn't build the fire, if the people didn't put Paul on a boat to go ahead and be questioned and pretty much tried uh, through a trial, rather, in Rome with Caesar, if the people didn't say, we're going to put you on a boat, bring you all the way over here, and then went the wrong way, but then the boat went ahead and started breaking apart and then happened to drift off to an island named Malta, if that wouldn't have happened, like, if you're going to go ahead and blame you, let's go ahead and backtrack at least five spaces before you, and I guarantee that people did some things that caused you to react the way that you did we got to stop putting this pressure on ourselves of man I wish I could have done it differently no because that means that you're trying to play God now and if you're not going to change the entire circumstance in your mind and go ahead and accept that what you did your outcome the part that you played was all a part of the stage you were just a prop in that don't make yourself a main character don't even give yourself a leading role you performed the way the stage was set up for you because there's so many times we can look at it and say, I wish I never would have met him. No, you know what? At that particular time, you had the mindset to be attracted to that particular person, the way that your life was going at that time. That's just exactly what you were attracted to for whatever the reason. But you're going to have to blame the fact that traffic wasn't fast enough, that the, God let him walk <laughs> at a pace that y'all ran into each other or j- however you met. Those two lines crossed for whatever the reason. And the way that information was presented to you that's the person that you chose the way that information and someone presented themselves that's the female that you decided you know what I want to get to know you and yeah the red flags and all of that that part yeah you can take up you can participate in the fact that I should have responded differently from that but you are not at fault for still remembering how someone initially presented themselves you ever ate somewhere that maybe was your favorite restaurant or not and one time you were like, ah, this is, this is a little off. Did you base your one experience on it being off that one time and say, I never am going to come here again? Or did you remember all the other times that it was pretty good in the beginning, you know, anything before that, and said, okay, I'm going to give it another shot, I'm going to go in? That's, see, so why didn't we look at that one bad time as a red flag kind of thing? And don't get me wrong, I am not debunking red flags. I think that a lot of us look at red flags and we make it six flags because we're having fun. <laughs> but what you're not realizing is it's going to cost you in the morning and your body's going to be sore. And then also, yeah, it's gonna, you're going to see some stuff in the news that's going to make you realize, oh, my gosh, it could have been worse. Yeah, I'm not debunking uh, red flags at all. I'm just saying stop pointing the finger back at you all the time and feeling like I should have done something different. No. You made a decision based upon what was presented to you. And I feel like we, Holy Spirit is leading us on a whole nother track. And so I'm like, okay, you want me to go back to the word, God? What you want me to do? So I'm going to just let him flow. I'm, and I'm, this is not for the people who are prone to be, because, you know, some people are victim-minded prone. Oh, and I should have, and I would have. And then a lot of people are, no, you did something wrong, and that's why I did what I did. I just want us to find a very, very, just a nice little even ground of no I recognize what people did but I also want you to recognize that you probably would have responded with a different answer if you were presented with the information that was needed prior to taking that test 
You only chose that answer because from the information that you had or the way that you were feeling or what was presented to you, that's why you circled C. But you know what the beauty about that is? The next time that that kind of test comes up, bro, you're going to choose B again. You're going to choose B and it's not going to feel so heavy and it's not going to feel any other way outside of, oh, I know now. I know now. And that's why I don't want us to beat us up anymore. Remember, we're talking about being pruned. That's why I don't like when we beat ourselves up about being pruned. Yeah, you didn't know, but now you do. Yeah, you used to have blinders on, but now you don't. Yeah, you used to be naive, but now you're not. Yeah, you used to be broke, but you're not no more. Whatever. I don't, Just keep going. I don't even want you to be like, well, listen, shut up. Okay? I'm talking. Shut up. Okay? Okay, so back to Paul. <laughs> No, because you be being extra sometime. So, but but do you see what I'm saying about the fact that, like, yo, y'all really was looking at him like, oh, okay. But you know what the part that was really, that, that low-key, my favorite, verse 5. Mm-hmm. The fact that it said, but Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. Bruh. Now, I don't know Paul's, um, I don't really know what his background is with snakes. Okay, but I definitely would have been like mm, a little squeamish, a little bit. Um, definitely on the. Oh, did it get me? Listen, don't let a bee ne- be near me. Hmm. Gnats, flies near my food. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm not gonna be. Uh uh-uh. uh. Don't let me see a uh, a mouse. Anything that looks like it could be a part of the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, uh, near me in any capacity, spider, butterfly, list any anything that should be outside, okay, great, on my skin or my being is a no ma'am for me, okay, great. And the fact that Buddy just said, mm, oh, snake, <laughs> poisonous, I'm clear, uh, but let me hit that Taylor Swift real quick. And went ahead and threw it in the thing and was like, oh, okay. And the fact that the very next verse says the people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a God. Can I ask you something? How long did y'all wait? So you literally invested time. You literally wasted your time to see what God was going to do in my life. You literally stayed tuned to something just to see someone else's demise. What in the unadulting are you doing, sir, ma'am? Like, really? But you know what? I, I, I can't even say I'm surprised. I mean, I'm surprised that we read it in the Bible, but people do this all the time. You heard such and such got written up, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You think she won't come in tomorrow? I'm not even sure. So you know such and such. It looks like it's trouble in paradise real quick. Yeah, she not posting him like she used to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, actually, girl, he don't even wear his wedding ring no more. No, real talk. Like, I don't know. Um, Actually, I saw him at the club last week, and um, he was looking very single the way that he was. Uh, Yeah. I'm not going to, I don't want gossip, but did you hear it? Did you see it? Did you, like, people will really stay tuned. Like, you are they paid per view channel. You paying too much attention to somebody else's channel. Why? Like, what does that do for you? How does that, how does that work? How do you rationalize that in your day to day? That you 
live a life where you actually want to stay tuned and keep an ear or just waste whatever time is needed for the situation to go ahead and say, let me just see how this turns out. Why? That makes you feel good? Like, I don't really... But if they're doing it in Bible times and Ecclesiastes says it's nothing new that's under a sun, then you can almost guarantee that they're going to do it in yours. Right? Hmm. You know she named somebody new, right? Yeah. You know you know he's not making as much as he said. You know he lost that job that one time. You seen he was driving a different car? Me too. I don't really. <laughs> I can't. Like, even if you don't wear glasses, you automatically picture somebody looking over their glasses like, you know. Like, right? It's ridiculous. It's It's as comical to look at as it is to witness. And I don't know why people don't feel like full-blown clowns even having those conversations. But I digress. I already talked about the gossip stab, and I'm not even going to try to be bothered. But the last line of that, of what I just read, was <laughs> when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. Oh, okay. So first, he was um he was definitely somebody's demon. Yep. Mm-mm, a devil indeed, if I seen one myself. And then after a while, you were like, Actually, he may be the far extreme. Aren't people like that? <laughs> that they work in extremes like that, that you like, bruh. That's why you have that saying, can't live with them, can't live without them. Like, it's no common ground. It's just from one extreme to the other. Like, I don't really understand that. And that's why I really want us to hone in on the fact that you're never going to be able to please people. You're never going to be able to have 100% crowd participation. Someone will literally come into the concert of your life to go ahead and pre-plan to be bored, to get a seat that is costly, to be close to the stage, just to be on their phone while you're giving your best performance. And if you live a life where you're on a stage and you're constantly looking at that one person on their phone that's not weighing their hand side to side and giving a screen back when you request it, then you are going to miss the best times of your life. God is trying to show you some things and maybe, just maybe, you need to go ahead and turn the blind eye to the same way that they turned a blind eye to your talent. The same way that they turned a blind eye to your true intentions. When someone has already decided I already know how I'm going to treat you. We just heard with Susan, right? That woman walked on the stage and it was so much commotion. It was like, bro, can she at least say her name? But when she said her name and then she stuttered about where she lived and then she said her age, it was just like, bro, I already know how we going to treat you. There are more people who are like that than any other people that are around you. Literally. And I hate to say it, and I'm not trying to be saddened or anything, but it's just I want you to see that if it was done in the Bible, if it was done on a televised TV station, and if it was done on a place that you can actually pinpoint either in your life or someone else's life, it's not going to stop. So the only thing that you need to sharpen up on is how do I handle that? When it gets to the point that I start doing Strive and Inspire, and I'm speaking it to existence right now, Strive and Inspire live broadcastings, and I'm doing things for the community. And I've already made peace with the fact that everybody is not going to be pleased, but I've already came to the conclusion that I'm not for everybody because Jesus wasn't. Jesus came down to earth and couldn't save everybody, couldn't have everyone on one accord. People had already decided, no, sir, I'm going to remain a Pharisee. You have a nice day. 
So if it wasn't 100% crowd participation, one accordism, any of that with Jesus, then I dare not think I'm going to have a better experience than he was perfection. So it, it because we are still in a human shell, it probably is going to feel some way that you expected your homegirls to support you the way that, and you expected your family to respond, and you expected it. Because we all have an expectation that's, or expectation that's like, you know what, that would have really made me feel good, but I don't want the expectation to lead to your devastation just because you never preset your gauge. You should preset your gauge to reflect this is not, my performance is not crowd-based. My performance is for a party of one. And that's God. For a party of one. As long as God is pleased with me, I can care less how many hand claps, how many Emmys, how many Grammys, how many, any accolade. That's not an accolade on this world that I want if the man who created the world doesn't give it to me first. I don't want it. I don't want an Emmy and I'm empty inside. You understand? Hmm. People are fickle. My challenge to you, I just gave it to you. Change the way that you view the people in your audience. This is your stage of life. I don't need you changing up your act, changing up your mindset, changing your approach for the people in the audience that will probably never step foot on your stage, if not necessary by God. Mm Mm-mm. Imagine changing your whole entire act because somebody in the third row has something they need to say. Imagine. That's hilarious. You know these conversations are, right? You know, they're they're life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody's going to have with you, but I'm your favorite homegirl, and you better know it, that we're going to have these conversations that make us better. Okay, great? All right, well, um, I'm going to let you let me go. I got to go feed my puppy um, because that's my furry son. And I love him. Say nothing about it because I love him. Okay. That's my son. And I don't want you. That's my son. He's just furry. Okay. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Later.